Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. Now let's begin. Welcome to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Chris Lockhart, and joining me this week is my co-host in crime, Mr. Kevin Deeson. How's it going, Kev? It's going well, Chris. Uh, I cannot believe we're already in May. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little thrown off by how quickly this year is going. Um, I don't know what, what the weather's like where you're at, Kev. Um... But right now, I'm at 22 degrees Celsius. Yesterday, we were at 29. Now, to, because, Kev, for those who don't know, you are American, so when I say Celsius, of course, I'm, I'm revealing that I'm from Canada. But in Fahrenheit, that would be 84.2 degrees. Oh, we are nowhere near that. Yeah, it is hot here, and it is really really dry like we have a lot of um fires popping up around here like where i live we actually have a fire ban in place so we can't uh you know have an outdoor fire we can't do anything like that like it's really really dry um but surprisingly you know despite the fact that we haven't got much in the way of moisture um my grass is starting to green up in the back like i'm really shocked um, you know, like what, cause I had to take my mower, uh, to my buddy who's a mechanic, um, shout out to James, um, because yeah, it, uh, it crapped out this year. It's been a few years since it's been serviced. So I, you know, I called up James, got it in there. So hopefully I'll have it this weekend so I could maybe do some mowing. Um, but I'm almost scared to with it being so dry. You know, like, it, the grass is growing, but if I mow it down and it does, it stays dry, it might kill the grass. So, I'm, you know, it's one of those, you know, wait and see, I guess. You know, fingers crossed we'll get some rain, but, yeah, like, there, like there's a, there's heat warnings where I'm at, which is crazy for, for this time of year. <coughs> but No, um, about three weeks ago now, maybe, I'm going to guess three weeks ago now at this point, we had a random just like 80 degrees high 80s you know i was so happy i'm opening up windows and doors and you know yep. going for walks and it was just so pleasant and then dropped right back down had to turn the heat back on a few nights and it's probably around the 50s during the day it's also just been so wet and rainy around here constantly like i don't think we've had a day in two weeks that didn't rain a little yeah and like we're the opposite like there's been very little moisture um in our area but yeah hopefully it'll turn around because it's not good you know when it's this dry you know you're just asking for more forest fires so yeah so for tonight's episode um the topic is complete 180s of personal pop culture uh, so we each are bringing two examples of something we thought was cool, awesome, hilarious, etc. when we were younger that has not aged well for us. Also, we're bringing two examples of something we hated, disliked, etc. as a kid that we actually now uh, don't mind as a grown-up. Uh, so, Kevin, uh, what's your first example of... Liked as a kid, but didn't age well for you. 
Okay. Um, I'll, I'll preface saying I don't mean kid kid for this. Okay. Because when I, you know, as, as a young kid, I shouldn't be watching stuff like this. <laughs> but a thing that I enjoyed and I remember going to watch multiple times and buying VHS for and you know, remembering every line of the movies and gathering with friends and all and could not give less of a crap about now are teenage sex comedy movies. Mm. Yep. And for my age, American Pie was our big one. Mm-hmm. Um, for other generations, it's, you know, Fast Times Ridgemont High, Porky's. You know, um, I think... Uh, Honestly, I feel like Superbad was the last big one, but there's probably ones that I'm just unaware of because I've aged out of that yeah. era anyways. Um, you know, there, there could be more. There could be stuff that's directed Netflix or whatever. But, I mean, like, American Pie was huge. I remember seeing the second one in theater. I may have seen the third in theater and just don't remember. Um, Road Trip, Euro Trip. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I saw Superbad in theater and then... Never cared to watch it again. Um, previous ones, like I mentioned, I, I think you can respect ones that came before your era. Mm-hmm. You love the one that came out when you were the right age. And then anything after is just like, okay, it was funny, but wasn't as good. Yeah. Then I get to the age I am now, and I'm like, these movies are just not good at all. Yeah. I ended up, why did I watch it? Oh, um, Retro Network, which I write for sometimes. Uh, I think I did like the 20th or 25th anniversary of American Pie, whatever it was. I did an article on it, so I had to rewatch it. I'm like, oh, I haven't rewatched this in years. And I'm just like, this is horrible. This is just like, it's rude, it's offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> like, no woman's treated well in here. Even the ones that you think are treated well is just, they're not. They're just treated better than the other ones. It was like, the guys were all stupid. You know, there's just everything I, I couldn't stand about it. Yeah. And and granted, part of that is just, like I said, you get to be a certain age and it just, it doesn't speak to you anymore. But I mean, I, I don't even have, like, a nostalgia for it. Like, I'll watch, what the heck, I'll watch He-Man, which is, looking back, it's not that good a cartoon. Mm-hmm. You know, but I still love it. Yeah. And I, I can forgive any flaws and I can just be a kid again and rewatch it. You know, there's lots of stuff like that that I can just watch because I loved it when I was a certain age and I, yeah, I can still enjoy it now. But those movies, I, I just do not care. I don't even want to spend the time, you know, if someone said, oh, well, you should watch this one again because this one still holds up. I don't think I would. I think I'd say I got an hour and a half of a hundred other things I want to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to waste my time on them again. Yeah. And, like, my my kid's also, like, you know, he's too young to be into any movies like that yet. But I will be very curious when he is a little older. Like, will he watch them? Will he care? Will he be curious? Like, what what will his reaction be when he's, like, 16 or so to these? Maybe, Maybe I could sit through one of them then if he really wanted to. But I also feel like if there's any type of movie when you start getting into it, you don't want to watch with a parent in the room. Those are the movies. Yeah. So even if he did, I don't think he's going to be around for them. Yeah. But yeah, I'm missing. And I don't know if there's, like I said, I don't know if they are making them now for current generations of teens, but I would not even bother with it anymore. Yeah, like honestly, I'm not sure. Like like you said, Kev, the last one I remember was super bad. And I, I actually liked that one, um, and it was more for uh, like the cops in that movie because they were like my age at the time. Wasn't um, it like James Franco and Seth Rogen were the cops? It was Seth Rogen and uh, Bill Hader uh, from um, Saturday Night Live, and okay. he's in that. Uh, oh, what's that show? He's got a show on HBO Max or on HBO where he's like a comedian but he's also like a assassin or something or he, I, I i can't remember what barry i think it's called barry okay um i haven't watched it but i'm, I'm told it's good um but one thing i liked about super bad was you know like that was actually like me 
as a teenager, like being that awkward, you know, geek and, and, you know, crushing on the, you know, good looking girls and having geeky friends. Like that was me, definitely. Um, so, you know, I, I actually kind of like that, but I totally get what you're saying about the American Pie movies. Um, I remember seeing the second one in theaters and I remember getting ID'd for it because you had to be like 18 to go watch it. Um, and I was like, I don't know, 21 at the time, I think. Um, <clears throat> so I remember like, that's the only time I think I've been ID'd at the movie theater. Um, and then I remember watching American Wedding when I was dating my wife. Um, and I know that one hasn't aged well, uh, cause I've seen clips of it. And they did want an American reunion, I want to say, like, ten years ago or something like that. Yeah, I, I didn't even bother. Yeah, it wasn't that great. I, I remember watching it and I was like, eh. Um, but then they did all those spinoffs with, uh, like, Jim, like, uh, Eugene Levy was in, in them somehow. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I they just oversaturated. But, yeah, I totally get what you're saying, like... Um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I remember watching that and liking it, but I don't think I'd ever go back and rewatch that. Um, but yeah, I totally, I totally, get, yeah, and I don't even know if, uh, what they're doing nowadays. But um, yeah, that that was a good one. Um, all right, so my speaking, I'll, I'll use your your talk about uh, He Man to go into my first one. Uh, and the 1987 Masters of the Universe film. Okay. That has not aged well. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I loved that movie when it came out. Um, you know, like, as a, you know, I think I was seven, I was seven years old when it came out. And I remember, you know, going to the movie theater. Um, because they had just canceled the He-Man cartoon. Or it, or it stopped airing in my area or whatever, at mm -hmm. that you know just prior to this, and then my mom was saying, "Oh, we're going to the He-Man movie." So I was assuming it was going to be animated, so I was all excited, and then I had no idea it was live action. But I, but I, I enjoyed it. You know, Dolph Lundgren, I, you know, I thought was good as He-Man. Um, I fell in love with Courtney Cox in that movie. Mm. Um, I really liked Robert Duncan McNeil, who went on to become Lieutenant Tom Paris in Star Trek Voyager, um, eight years later. And, you know, the principal from the Back to the Future movie, he was in it, and Skeletor was kind of scary, was scary, you know. I, um, yeah, makeup's good. Yep. Um, I, I like this, you know, they actually did a pretty good job with the sidekicks and stuff. Uh, but I remember, you know, as a kid being disappointed, like, where's Orko? Where's, you know, Snake Mountain? Where's this? Where's that? And not realizing, you know, the realities of making this film, it was really hard. You know, like, He-Man, it's, you know, back then they didn't have CGI. They didn't have the special effects they have now. Everything was, like, practical. So, you know, they couldn't really create an attorney. They didn't have that in their budget, so they had He-Man come to Earth, and he's in a small town, and and it really wasn't that great. Um, in fact, like, when... Uh, I can't remember... I, it was on a He-Man documentary that I watched. Oh, what? I can't remember the, the documentary, but when they were talking about the movie, like, they were um, talking with, like, Dolph Lundgren and the director... Um, I'm blanking on his name now. But anyway, he went to co-create Captain Power after this. And um, uh, Frank Lang Langella, who played uh, Skeletor, basically, like, that whole fight scene at the end, like, they just did themselves. Uh, because they didn't really have the budget. I, and honestly, I think, like, they only had, like, one day to film it or something. And they didn't have a anyone to choreograph it choreograph it or something so they just you know they just did it on the fly and i guess it works but uh you know i just remember loving that movie i remember when it came out on vhs renting it loving it and i remember into the 90s you know when it would show up on tv we would watch it i'd love it i i bought the vhs tape in the late 90s 
And then I think it was during the pandemic when, uh, you know, we were all stuck at home and no one was allowed to go anywhere. Um, you know, the wife and I were sitting here and I, and I bought the DVD a few years back, but never watched it. And I was like, have you ever seen He-Man? No, she'd never seen it. So I put it in, we're watching it. I think we made it like 20 minutes in and I looked at her, she looked at me and she, I'm like, are you bored? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> me too. Like, this is not wh- how I remember it. So yeah, for me that, that movie hasn't aged well. Um, you know, like it, it still has a special place in my heart. And, you know, one day, you know, maybe, you know, if I'm bored or whatever, I might pop it in and, and just for nostalgia purposes. But, uh, yeah, it just really hasn't aged well. And I don't think there's anything you can do to save it. It's just a product of its time. Um, doing a Blu ray conversion, I would not help it at all. But, uh, Kev, well, what? Oh, if sorry, it, no, you're fine. If I recall, it's a Canon Films production. It is, and I think it bankrupted them. That there's is... a there's a documentary called Electric Boogaloo: The Story of Canon Films. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh my God, the stuff that they pulled, the the mm-hmm. bait and switches, the you know, um, squeezing every penny for everything they could get on screen. Because between He-Man and Superman 4, yeah. they produced two awful movies yeah. that everyone had such high hopes for. Yeah. And then it shows, like, all the other stuff. And there was a there was a big set of it. Like, you can get the documentary on its own, or it's probably on one of the streaming things. Yeah. But when it originally came out, there was a giant set that was the documentary plus ten of their movies. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you could see all of what canon did yeah but um the he-man movie is a big part of the documentary and superman 4 which coincidentally i was talking about at work today yeah i think uh one of the reasons why they uh both if i remember correctly both uh were hurt in quality was that they were taking money from each other like yeah. to make those movies um so yeah, Superman Four. Yeah, that's another movie that did not age well. That I loved when I was a kid, but he, but I, even in the nineties when I watched, I was like, Ugh, this is this is bad. Whereas, whereas He Man, I I, I kind of looked the other way, but now I can't. But uh, Kevin, uh, what's next on your list for uh, liked as a kid but did not age well? Uh, it, you know. I don't know that didn't age well is the right term for this one, but more like as I aged, it didn't keep up with me, mm-hmm. I think is a better way to put it. Um, and I, I may have, I can't remember if I've referenced it with you before or with friends or whatever. Um, so if anyone's heard this rant before, apologies. <coughs> and apologies for my cough, too. I warned Chris off at air. Yep. No worries. <coughs> trying um so when i was younger i loved every supernatural show i could possibly find mm-hmm. i watched all the old in search ofs with leonard nimoy oh yeah yeah i watched sightings i watched ghost hunters i watched factor fiction i watched alien autopsy you know i watched everything and then there, there's so many you know, there's been so many in the 90s and 2000s, 2010s, and, you know, still today. There's always, you know, ones mm-hmm. going out in the woods and trying to find stuff and, you know, or, or haunted asylums or whatever the heck. You know, and, and UFO once now, too. And I listen, you know, as, as we come into modern era, I listen to tons of podcasts about stuff, too. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, this is just amazing. So cool. No, what great evidence and what, you know, I'm getting all wrapped into it. And finally, one day I was like, all right, I've been watching these things for over 30 years. And in over 30 years, we don't have any proof for anything. <clears throat> yep. Not a not a UFO. I mean, I have my opinions and thoughts for that. That's a whole other thing. 
But I'm like, we have no proof, uh, no no guarantee of that, or of a Bigfoot, or of a Loch Ness Monster, or of a ghost, or of, you know, things hiding in caves, things hiding in the woods. Like, nothing. We have no proof of anything. And it's been 30 years I've been watching this. You go back to, like, original In Search Of, you can go yep. 40 years, 50 years, you know, whatever for this stuff. Yep. And I was like, nothing has progressed. I'm actually just wasting my time. You know, like, I mean, I I suppose if you're entertained, nothing's technically a waste of time. But I'm just thinking, in a way, I'm seeing a story. And no part of the story has progressed, changed, gotten better, like nothing. It's still just the speculation and the build up the dramatics of it for the half hour, hour, however long the show is. Yeah. <clears throat> and and let's, you know, make every shadow and every weird noise seem scary to get you to stay tuned through the commercial break and see what's happening. But I was like, it's all fluff and no actual substance here. Yeah. And, and again, what, you know, I, I said for, you know, some of the teen sex comedies, I can watch something else. That's what I fell down to. I'm like, I can do something else with my time. Yeah. Other than getting nothing out of this. And, and like, could I make a meal out of bubble gum? I suppose I could have enough that I, you know, no longer hungry. But is it satisfying in any way? No. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. come. I completely agree with you, Kev. Like, my wife still watches those type of shows, and I always she she doesn't watch it when I'm around. But I've walked in I've walked in the living room while, she, while she's watching it. Like, there's there's one about Bigfoot not too long ago, and she asked me, "Do you, do you believe in Bigfoot?" I'm like, "I used to, but I don't anymore." And she said, "Well, why?" I'm like, "Because with today's technology, you know, like Google, you know, like satellite images." trail cams like there's so many people that set up trail cams now there there would have been a definitive sighting by now if bigfoot existed yeah like the technology has just exceeded everything um and then yeah those those ghost shows and all that yeah that just annoys me i just i can't anymore um, there, there is a show, um, I think it's on National Geographic. I believe it's called The Curse of Oak Island. Oh my God. It's like five seasons and they've done nothing. Yeah. Like I, I was, I worked with a guy and like, that was his, his thing, right? He just loved the show. He's always talking about it. And I told him, I said, oh, cause he was saying something to the effect like, you know, oh, maybe they'll, you know, they're, they're, they're going to find something by the end of this season. I'm like. No, they're not. This this stuff's already filmed. Like it's in the can. Are you telling me that? Because I I don't honestly I don't really know the whole story. From what I understand, that it was like some pirate or explorer that supposedly buried this treasure on Oak Island, and that's what they're trying to find. I'm like, do you seriously think if they found buried treasure, buried gold, that it wouldn't have been in the news by now? Like, you know, like, sorry, but these, these shows are filmed and then they're, you know, probably at least, you know, five months, six months old before they come, you know, they air, um, from when they filmed the last episode, there's no way they would sit on that. Like they, you know, I mean, even at, at the bare minimum, you might sit on it until a week before the episode airs, and that's when you start your publicity. Everyone, watch this episode tonight so we can get huge ratings because we're finally going to show something tonight. Yeah. And you get, you know, you do it during like one of the times where TV, you know, does their ratings for the year. It's like three different months is when they really pay attention to it. Yeah. You pop the rating, you get more eyes on your stuff, you get the advertisers to pay more money. You know, you get all these benefits hyping up beforehand, because otherwise it's just a random episode. Yeah. And every one of these is just a random episode. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. Um, all right, so my last one for um, uh, 
liked as a kid but didn't age well, is the Canadian TV series The Kids in the Hall. Um, Ooh. So, okay, go on. So they, they just had a, a relaunch on Amazon, I want to say, like a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, but I never did watch it. I, I just, eh, you know. Um, but what recently, uh, why they've come back on my radar, and actually this was one of the reasons why I decided to do this topic, is because they were at the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo that I was just at this weekend, where you could actually go and, you know, do a photo op with the entire cast of Kids in the Hall or, you know, get their autographs. Um, and they did a show, a uh, stage, you know, Q&A uh, with some performances and stuff on the Friday night. Um, and I was debating, you know, like, eh, maybe I'll go watch them. You know, like, you know, I used to watch Kids in the Hall, you know, it used to air Friday nights on CBC. Um, but, and I knew... In every episode of Kids in the Hall, there was usually one really decent skit, because um, they, you know, they're half-hour episodes, kind of like in the in the vein of Saturday Night Live, because it was create created by Lorne Michaels as well. Um, you know, they would do, th- you know, usually three skits per episode, um, but usually one would be good and the other ones would be like mediocre. Like, not, you know, eh, you know, whatever. Um, so I started watching some some segments on YouTube, and there's, aside from the squishing the head guy, there's really none that I was, like, really cared for. Even the squishing the head guy, I was trying to show my daughter, because um, she was coming to Calgary with me, so I was like, you know, I'll show you who the kids in the hall are. You know, I, and I put it on youtube um and she just kind of looked at me like what like you think this is funny and i'm like well at the time it was you know like it it, it was really funny um but you know it just hasn't aged well for me um and i'm told on the amazon show like they they go full-blown nudity on it um because uh my buddy uh jeff he said he tried watching it with his daughter who's like a year younger than my youngest daughter and then he's like yeah two minutes into the episode they're watching you know dawns are hanging out and he had to like turn it off real quick um so yeah it just it just hasn't aged well for me kids in the hall uh but kev did you did you watch kids in the hall at all when you were younger i'm trying to remember what it was on like vh1 comedy central I think it would Something definitely like be that. on Comedy Central because I know it was on the Comedy Network in Canada. Okay, yeah, because it wasn't on like I've talked before how I grew up with some of the Canadian channels, but it wasn't yeah. on any of those network ones. Yeah, so yeah, let's say Comedy Channel or something it was on. And yeah, I mean, squishing your head is one of the funniest things I ever saw in my life when I first saw it. Yeah, losing it. But a lot of the other stuff, it, like, it's just, there's a certain type of humor and a certain, again, a certain age yeah. where that, like, cringy, awkward, weird sense of humor is very appealing. I think as you're finding your own sense of humor in a way, too. Yeah. And some people get hooked on it, and that's their sense of humor for life. Yeah. And they love it. And other people are like, okay, that's those are the jokes I needed at the time while I was awkward and figuring stuff out. And I think by the time you're like early 20s, you've gotten out of it a bit too. And like this, maybe you'll revisit for nostalgia, but probably not. Um, MTV had one called The State for a little while as well, like a year or two. That's a huge cult classic. Oh, okay. But it's just, again, it's just, like, weird underground kind of humor for it, too, though. Yeah. And, I mean... Like, you mentioned how it's Lord Michaels. You can't really compare it to Saturday Night Live. And maybe one of the reasons, besides longevity, because that is part of it, too. Saturday Night Live, you have so many cast members, especially mm-hmm. over the years. You have so many different takes on comedy, different 
angles, different things that will make people laugh, that yep. you get all these different things. But Kids in the Hall all seem to be on the same level of humor with each other. Yeah. Um, it's not even like a stoner thing. Like, um, uh, Tim and Eric popped up in my world again. Okay, yeah. And, and, you know, they've had quite a few different weird series on and Tim and Eric seems like a thing where I'm like if I did drugs I would enjoy this yeah but I don't yeah. so I don't get it and uh, I, I think they just did a commercial for some company and you're like oh it's the Tim and Eric people doing a weird commercial okay that makes sense you know 30 second oddity thing it sticks in your mind you remember the product yeah but it's not my humor and it's all weird so I'm not gonna you know, I saw it one time, I'm good. Kids in the Hall, I I think you're right, it's the same thing. It's not my humor, it's kind of weird. I saw it, I'm good, I can move on. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, I just, I remember as a kid, like, we would, like I said, it would air Friday nights on CBC, and then usually Monday morning when you got back to school, you'd be talking about, you know, the squish in your head skit, or, you know, this or that, and... Um, but yeah, just, and I know they did that movie uh, in the mid nineties, um, uh, brain candy, I brain think. candy. Yeah. Which, which we call our, our, our one segment on geek fallout. Um, but even then I remember not liking that movie. I remember watching it and it, it being really awkward. Um, but yeah, they were in Calgary this weekend. It was good to see them, you know, like doing their their thing and reunited. But um, I don't have the nostalgia like I did last year when like the Clerks guys got together at uh-huh. the at the Edmonton Expo. It's like I had to go see them. I had to I had to get their my picture taken with them. Even like Kevin Smith wasn't there, unfortunately. He had to cancel. Uh, but everyone else was like Jason Mewes and and. Uh, Dante and Randall and um, oh I can't remember the other the the one from Clerks to the the new oh, Elias Elias yes they were there so like I had to see them because I love those movies even now I like to go back and rewatch those movies um, but Kids in the Hall yeah just yeah I don't have any desire to to rewatch but anywho um. Let's move on to uh, the second part of this. And these are ones that we disliked as a kid, but like now. Um, So I'll kick it off. Um, In in comic book terms, um, when I was younger, uh, like a really young kid, I used to like Superman. And Fantastic Four wasn't really on my radar. Um, but I, I did, you know, read a few issues of the Fantastic Four, but Superman was more prevalent in my life. But then when I got into the nineties, when I, you know, reached the age of like 10 and became a teenager, um, you know, the nineties were about the anti-hero, you know, Wolverine, um, the Punisher, uh, you know, there was all the, you know, the X-Men, you know, people hated mutants, that sort of thing. Like, um, even the Hulk was, you know, considered an outsider uh, in the Marvel, you know, main universe at the time. And those were the characters I kind of gravitated to. Like, I kind of didn't gravitate. I, I was kind of done with Superman. Um, and the Fantastic Four, I just thought were dated. I was like, you know, this whole, fa- you know, family first mentality is like eh but as a you know as i got older into the 2000s and became an adult i kind of came around and appreciated superman again especially with you know books like uh, all-star superman and all you know all the the neat superman stories that they did um you know jeff johns and and guys like that uh grant morrison um you know, I really came around to Superman and the, and the Fantastic Four. Like, uh, you know, Jonathan Hickman's run on the Fantastic Four, I absolutely love. Mark Wade did a great, great run on the Fantastic Four. And even going back to the 90s, like, you know, I can appreciate what Tom DeFalco was doing. 
Um, and and going even further back, uh, the John Byrne run uh, on the Fantastic Four, I think, is absolutely awesome. I think it's incredible. I actually bought both of John Byrne's epic collections of the Fantastic Four, uh, just because I, I liked what he did with those characters. Um, so yeah, I've come back around to liking Superman and the Fantastic Four. Uh, Kev, uh, what's... Oh, go ahead, Kev. Nope, I will absolutely agree with that. Um, Fantastic Four... I like Fantastic Four best when they are bringing brand new things into the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Like Fantastic Four should be the ones that like, oh, we're the first, they're the explorers. We're the first ones to go here. And then the here that they go to becomes a big thing in Marvel for the next 10, 20 years, whatever. But the Fantastic Four is the ones that introduce us to it. Yeah. Um, you know, negative zone. Okay, then we'll make it a thing. The, all the cosmic stuff. Okay, then it becomes a thing in greater Marvel later on. Like, I, I enjoy Fantastic Four as experimenting with those things. Um, but yeah, John Byrne runs great. There's a lot of really great runs on it. Um, I want the core Fantastic Four to always be the same, but I'm okay with like different members here and there as mm-hmm. part of the larger storyline. Yep. Uh, I was actually, someone on TikTok had a write up of like, here's the best Fantastic Four members other than, you know, your core four. And, uh, I can, I can argue he put She Hulk and he said She Hulk at this point is fifth Beetle. Like, she is Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm all right with that. And then he said, uh, the one that got me is like, I think Spider Man makes more sense as a member of Fantastic Four than as an Avenger. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a hard time arguing that one. Yep. You know, it was very interesting. <clears throat> Superman. Because, yeah, you you get into your teenage thing and anti-heroes and all, and, you know, the violence and the gray areas are cool. But then All-Star Superman's one of the best comics ever. Yep. Just such an amazing look at Superman. Um, Superman versus the Authority really shows mm-hmm. why Superman matters. You know, why, why he's the big blue Boy Scout and should be there. And then I've been reading, um, do I have the second volume yet? I don't think I've done second volume yet. Um, but I was reading, uh, Superman's son, what is it? Son of Jor-El or Kal-El, son of Superman, whatever. It's his kid. Mm-hmm. And his kid is, uh, older teenager, young twenties right now, all sorts of like, you know, somewhere else and aged up just like soap operas. Yeah. So he's a little older now. And, uh, in this, in the story, Superman has to go, uh, into space. It's something involving Darkseid. He doesn't know when he'll be back. He leaves his son to be the Superman of Earth. Help people out. You're gonna do things differently. You're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna find your own way. But, you know, I trust you to, in the end, make the right decision. It's very interesting. But it yeah. also shows Superman as a parent. And I've said before, I really enjoy seeing Superman and Batman as parents. And I think we're going to get there soon with Spider-Man. Because I just think that's the natural progression. These characters have been along, around long enough. We need to do that. But there's this amazing scene in this Son of Superman comic. Where um, Superman flies out into space. And the whole Justice League's there. They go, what are you doing? He's like, it's an alien invasion. Clark, it's an attempted alien invasion. We got this. You got somewhere else to be. But I can help. Yep. And we're all here. Between between all of us, we got all your powers. Go away. Yeah. So everyone's blown off Superman at the start of this. They're like, we got it. We got it. He flies to Fortress of Solitude. There's Wonder Woman acting as the doctor as Lois is giving birth. And Superman comes in and Wonder Woman's there. You know, being everything medical she can be. Lois is there getting ready to give birth, and Superman's looking at Lois. And he's like, is there anything I can do, anything I can help with, whatever? And she gets this smile on her face and says, wow, this is the first time in your life you felt helpless. Holy shit. (laughs) Like, that hit so hard. I thought, that's amazing. Because, yeah, he's Superman. What's he going to do in that situation? Yep. 
You know, like he, he just has to wait. You know, it was amazing. So I, yeah, there's so when people are saying Superman or Fantastic Four is boring, no, I'm not saying certain people haven't written them in boring ways, but they're not boring characters at all. Yeah, there's so much good stuff out there. Absolutely. All right, so, um, uh, you know, kind of, kind of a spinoff for it. So when I was younger, stuff that, um, you know, grandparents would play on TV or the babysitter and stuff that I had zero interest in. I'm like, I'll just leave the room. I'll play outside. I'll read a book. I'll do anything other than pay attention to what's on the screen here. Yep. And one of the things I really hated when I was younger was Westerns. Mm. Yep. Could not stand it. It's boring. It's dusty. It's old. You know, it's the same stuff. Like, I just could not stand Westerns, anything about Westerns, like any of it. Didn't understand it. Thought they were all the same story. Could not care less. Really just hated them when I was younger. Now that I get older, I realize, one, Westerns are America's contribution to literature. Mm Mm-hmm. A, a form of storytelling that did not exist. But also, I think all of your other, and I'm, not that they're exclusively American, I know, but a lot of your other forms of literature can really be traced to Western. Mm-hmm. Superheroes are Westerns. Your pulp noir heroes are Westerns. Your sci-fi stuff, a lot of it, is westerns. Because it's, here's this new, uncharted territory, and lawlessness prevails, but here's someone good. Here's someone that's going to stick up for what's right. Not because it's profitable, not because of any other reason, but just because it's what's right. And that can be, as we've mentioned before, Star Trek obviously started as wagon train to the stars. And then you have so much as Star Wars is a Western. Yeah. For sure. Mandalorian is absolutely a Western. Um, but then a lot of your superheroes are your, your brave new unexplored area isn't space. It's not the plains. It's these giant cities that expand for miles, but also go up into the skyscrapers and down into the subways and underground. And you have all these areas where things could happen. Crimes, you know, villains, all sorts of stuff. And you just need one person to try to be good in this. Say, you know, your superheroes, your noir heroes. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's even more that I'm forgetting. But then I finally went and I started doing like actual westerns. I'm like, these are just fun. And so many of these, I'm like, take out character. All right, Louis Lamour did a bunch of character, a bunch of novels with uh, the Sackett family. Mm-hmm. Um, take out the word Sackett and put in Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Kirk, Spock, whatever, for so many of these, and the story works exactly the same. You know, you just change the word and put it into the more familiar locale. <coughs> sorry, locale. And the whole thing still works. And I'm like, why do I like all the things inspired by this stuff, but I couldn't get into the actual stuff? Yeah. And then uh, through one of the, um, you know, when, when uh, we all got digital cable and everyone added all those weird channels yep. just to put in their feed. Um, like, here's all these classic old westerns on some of them. So sometimes I'll flip through and it might be like, oh, tonight's guest star is. And I'm like, oh, I know the actor, actress, whatever. Oh, well, I had no idea they are on this show. And I started watching a couple. I'm like, this episode's just fun. Like, what a fascinating episode. It was just, and I'm like, how is this any different than, you know, random episode of The Incredible Hulk? Mm-hmm. He wanders into a town, he finds some stuff that's going wrong, and he tries to help. Or the A-Team. Oh, God, could I count the A-Team as a Western? Yeah, 
Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, I was just like, how did I ignore this stuff and think it was trash? Like, it's influencing everything I do enjoy. Clearly here, but I just was blind to it for too long. And I, and I haven't even deep dove into stuff yet. Like, I, I really need to just go through, like, Clint Eastwood westerns at some point. Yep. You know, like, there's so many things I need to watch, but I'm just like, why was I missing out on this stuff beforehand? It's all superheroes and, and sci-fi and all the stuff I enjoy. Just the origin of it. Yep. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree with you, Kev. Um, my grandpa, he was a big Western guy. Um, like, I mean, he, he my grandpa, you know, like, his parents grew up in, in the Old West, you know? Um they rode horses. They had wagons and and everything else like that. And you know, they lived off the land. And and uh, my grandpa had horses when when I was a kid. And I remember him riding them. And and uh, yeah, I just remember he always had a um, a western, you know, by his his table because he had a chair and he had a table beside it. So he always had a western on the go. And then yeah, whenever a western would come on TV, he would watch it. And, um, I know my wife's grandpa, uh, he was a huge fan of John Wayne, huge fan. Um, and he actually got to see him one year at the Rose Bowl parade cause he was the marshal. Um, and they went, they were down there for that in the seventies sometime. And, and, uh, yeah, that was the, you know, one of the highlights of his life was being able to see John Wayne. But yeah, uh, for me, yeah, like I used to find it boring and dull and and all that. But now, like, you know, recently they did, well, not recently. I guess the show's been off the air for almost 10 years now. Uh, Hell on Wheels. I love that show. That's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Um, Anson Mount was amazing as uh, Colin Bohannon. I, uh, yeah, I still love, I still love that. And I, I love what... Uh, uh, oh, what's his name again? Um, the guy that's doing the, the uh, Taylor Sheridan, uh, you know, doing the Yellowstone franchises. Like, 1883 was a great show, great wagon train show. Um, uh, 1923, even though it's 1923, it's still the West. Um, you know, like, they have some automobiles and all that kind of stuff, but people are still using six shooters. People are still using... Um, horses and and wagons and um you know it's such a great show um and then yellowstone itself you know like it's made me appreciate you know the rodeo culture and all that kind of stuff um but yeah i i just wish i had gotten into westerns when my grandpa was still alive so i could have you know sat with him and watched more westerns and appreciated it more um, but anyway, no, that, that was, that was a good one, Kev. Excellent. Um, all right. So the last one on my list here, I uh, just got to call my list back up. Um, oh, uh, lately I've mentioned this before. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of hockey and baseball. When I was a kid, I, I could, you know, like I, it, it wasn't that I hated hockey, and baseball, it's just, I couldn't sit there and watch a game like my dad could. Like, my dad, um, I've, I've said this before, as much as I'm a, a nerd for science fiction and, you know, I'm a Star Trek guy, my dad's a hockey guy and a sports guy. Um, and my dad would, you know, sit there and watch hockey games. And, watch, and he'd want me to sit there and watch them with him, and I'd just get bored. And, I'd you know, I'd want to go play with my action figures or... Um, you know, go outside and run around or ride my bike or whatever. Like, I just, I had no interest in sitting there and watching. Like, you know, and I mean, I did watch a little bit. Like, I know who Wayne Gretzky was. He was, you know, my hockey hero when I was a kid. Um, you know, I, I, I remember watching the Blue Jays win the World Series uh, in 92 and 93 with my parents. I remember... Um, I think it was the 93 series when 
Oh, I'm drawing a blank on... Is it Jose Guerrero? No. Whoever, uh, they won it with a, with a home run. They won the game with the World Series with a home run. And I remember it, like, it was amazing, you know. But it wasn't my, my, my jam. But the last few years, um, I think basically because of the pandemic, because we weren't getting anything new for a while. So basically the only thing was watching, you know, the ball teams play in empty parks, but they were still playing ball. Uh, you know, they resumed hockey in the, in the summer months um, to empty arenas, but it was still hockey. It was still something new. And I really, I really got into it. And I mean, you know, as a, as an Oilers fan, these last few years with, you know, Connor McDavid and, um, like some of the best players in the NHL are playing on the Oilers right now. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan. Statistically, the, they're some of the best players currently playing in in uh, in hockey. And, uh, you know, I've just been watching more ball, you know. Like, um, I've, I think also because I can't play ball anymore because my knees aren't the greatest and I'm getting old, I guess. And it's kind of, I'm at that weird point in my life now where I'm watching these sports and I'm cheering on these athletes, but these, you know, like my son, they're the age of my son. Most of them, you know, it's kind of a weird thing, uh, to be, be there. But yeah, I'm, um, you know, as a kid, wasn't a big fan of watching sports, but now, now I'm, I'm loving it. And in particular, hockey and baseball. I don't really watch football anymore or golf or anything like that. It's just those two, basically. So, Kevin, what, what's the last one you got on your list? <coughs> Sorry. Well, um, I'll just add, I I don't think I'll ever get to the point of watching it on TV. <clears throat> but at this point, if I have friends going to some sort of uh, sporting event, they know that they can invite me along for it. Like, I can enjoy it live. I'm just never going to be, you know, oh, I need to take opening day of baseball off of work or, you know, cancel all my plans. It's, you know, football day. You know, whatever yeah. it is. I'll do it for wrestling, but I won't do it for other sports. Um, but my last one, you were talking about, you know, you wish that uh could have been into Westerns beforehand. Um, so I remember when I was younger, uh, in my grandfather's car, he would always like, whatever stations he listened to were always at that low end all the way to the left of the FM dial, the lower frequency ones. Yeah. And it was like instrumentals, guitar, classical, whatever. I'm like, Oh God, awful. You know? Yeah. Not the top 40 hits, it's not the rock and roll, it's not, you know, whatever I was interested in at the time. You know, it's, it's boring old people music. Yep. But like I say, maybe it's getting older, maybe it's life, maybe it's who knows what. But lately, if I'm not playing podcasts in the car, because honestly, that's what I prefer. Yeah. But if I don't, if I don't have one going, or if I'm just like a short drive, uh, I'm preferring that end of the radio dial to anything else uh there was one that was just nothing but like classical pieces done on guitar so i'm listening to nothing but guitar for a good like half hour but it was just beautiful music and they're like oh that was chopin by blah blah and this style of guitar and yeah you know and i i don't know what i was listening to or anything but it was just pleasant it was just nice it was comforting and i thought you know as much as I love, you know, metal and rock music, and sometimes you just want to throw on, like, you know, random popular songs, whether it's rock or rap or pop or whatever from, you know, when you were younger. As much as all that stuff is fun, I'm like, sometimes I just want some nice, calm music from my brain. Yep. And just puts me in a special, good place. And I don't know, I mean, maybe that's what my grandfather was doing way back then. You know, or maybe that just was the music he was interested in more than other kinds of music. I, I don't know. Um, 
but it was just like it, it's amazing what it can do for my mood sometimes with this stuff and even like I mean I remember you know falling asleep to the radio when I was younger and, I, and I'm thinking how was I doing that like how's the radio playing like Metallica and Red Hot Chili Peppers and you know Nirvana or whatever and I'm falling asleep during all of that yeah yeah that's not that's not really sleep music to, to me and my old self now but like I found all this stuff for like background music um, like one of them, uh, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that I listen to, they have all this background music that just sets the scene of like we're going through the woods or we're on a pirate ship or where whatever the mission is going on on that episode. And I found a Spotify playlist of all that background music. Nice. Instantly fall asleep when I play it. It just transports you. It's almost like remember the um, like pure mood spiritual. Uh, one eight hundred order these CDs. Yep, infomercials. <laughs> it, it's almost like I finally came around to all that stuff in a way. Yep. But I mean, God, I, you know, thinking it was like boring old people music. I get maybe I'm just a boring old person myself now. Well, to to kind of piggyback on that, getting back to talking about my grandpa. Like my grandpa used to play in a band. Um, called the Shaggy Nappy Pioneers. They were an old-time band. Like, my grandpa played fiddle. Um, you know, they had a um, another guy, Mr. Penchuk, he used to play guitar and fiddle. And then my aunt Fern used to play the harmonica. Um, there was a lady that... Uh, Violet that used to play the spoons. And there was another lady, I think, played piano with them? I can't remember what her name was. But anyway... You know, I, I always liked listening to them, but it was old-timey music, and I used to get bored. And and um, now as an adult, it's like, damn, I wish I could go back and listen to them play. Because you don't really see those kind of old-timey bands anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, like that, that generation is gone now. Um, but, yeah, I still am nostalgic for, for them, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, they're still out there, but, you know, not like it used to be. You know, like it used to seem like every little town or, you know, village or hamlet would have, like, their own little band, you know, that would play at things. And it just doesn't seem to be as frequent anymore. But anyway, I digress. Um, all right. Well, I think we're going to call this an episode because we got Ragnar waiting on the line. We're going to record an episode of Ooh. Geek Fallout. Which is actually going to air before you hear this episode. So, for those listening, you already heard it. So, uh, <laughs> but for us, it hasn't happened yet. For us, it's still the future. Uh, but Kevin, we're, we're, can we play that little game where we can find you on the internet? Oh, it's one of the, it's the game that's sweeping the nation. Absolutely. <laughs> so you can find me uh, across most social medias at MassLibrary. MassLibrary dot com is my home blog. Hope hope and start doing some more stuff on there. Speaking of doing some more, uh, I am also a contributor over to the Retro Network whenever I can find the time and energy. Excellent. Uh, and you can uh, hear me here at the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network. And I am um, blogging over at randomnerdness.blogspot.com. Um, we're in the midst of a provincial election right now, so I'm occasionally you know, talking politics over there, so... If that interests you, be sure to check that out. Um, all right. So on behalf of Kevin Decent and myself, Chris Lockhart, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to the Pop Culture Pub Podcast. And we will see you again in the not-too-distant future. 